It's tough to believe this after such a long period of incompetence, but the 2020 version of the Kansas Jayhawks is the worst team that program has put on the field in the last decade of humiliating futility. That team is much closer to Missouri State in quality than Texas Tech, and it is kind of embarrassing that KU is able to carry the Power 5 flag, much less a Big 12 one. Kansas would be much better served playing on Tuesday and Wednesday nights on Maction. That makes it all the more frustrating that Lincoln Riley insisted on continuing to trot out his clearly injured quarterback against a team as overmatched as the Jayhawks. It's tough to find fault in any game you win by 53 points, but I'm inclined to bring this up because it just wasn't worth it. I understand the concept of wanting to get into rhythm and building some confidence going into what will be the biggest game of the year so far. But isn't that what practice reps are for? In a season that has been defined by unpredictable roster losses, the number one priority in a game like Kansas should be to get out healthy. I'm perplexed that Riley was not more careful with his prize quarterback on Saturday afternoon. I'm Grant Benson, and this is West of Everest. Out of the shotgun, Daniels, double tight end right. Sooners shift up front. They run the option to the right. Daniels turns it up, and he's hit hard, and he's smashed. Shane Winter, they didn't get it. The Sooners have turned him over on downs. <laughs> For the second week in a row, the Oklahoma defense gets off the field on fourth and one. This time it was Trey Norwood and true freshman Shane Witter doing the damage. Oklahoma's defense played really well for the third straight game as the Sooners blew out Kansas 62-9 last Saturday. Hey everybody, I'm Lee Benson. You heard Grant just a moment ago in the opening take. The Riley-Rattler injury dynamic was perhaps the biggest storyline following that Kansas game. Some of you out there even reached out to us on the West of Everest Facebook page saying similar things that Grant said in that opening take. So we'll talk about that whole situation coming up here very shortly on the podcast. Plus, we've got some listener questions to answer. And like we've done the past couple of weeks, we'll dive deep into your three-word reviews. Feel free to like our Facebook page. And feel free to leave us a rating and or a review on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing if you'd like. You can follow us on Twitter at GrantBenson25, and I am at LeeBensonNews9. So with that, I'll welcome back in Grant. We're doing the show a day later this week because both of us were feeling a bit under the weather yesterday, but so far, we are good to go today. Lee, much like week 11, week 10, whatever week it is in college football, this show was under threat potentially by COVID. I don't know, exactly. maybe, maybe not. Kind of, it's like, it, it's at that point now where it's like if you have any sort of sniffle or any sort of headache or sore throat, you're just like, ah, must have the Rona. But right, right. interesting That's... times, no less. But of course, here at West of Everest, we are good to go after just uh, one day of rest. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, not quite at 100%. I'm always, the only thing I'm, the reason why it was pushed back, just real quick, I'm just worried about my voice. I don't want my voice to go out because that's kind of like what we need the most for this podcast. So I feel good right now. Uh, you sound good. So I think we'll be able to make it through, hopefully. All right. We got a bunch of three word reviews to go through. And a lot of you guys, not surprisingly, you referenced Spencer Rattler. So I think we might as well talk about uh, what you talked about in the opening take, Grant. So I've kind of taken out all of the Rattler-related three-word reviews. There might be one or two that I missed when we go through it all. So let's just let's talk about it right now. And I think I have a little bit of a different perspective 
on it than than you do and the listeners and a lot of the fans. I just I don't have anywhere near as much of a problem with that whole thing as, as you do and a lot of the fans do. But I, at the same time, I totally understand where you and the fans and the listeners are coming from. Um, I, I do think the postgame explanation from Lincoln Riley, I thought it was it was OK. But then at the end, it was not that great. And I didn't grab the sound, but I have quotes. And Riley said after the game that, quote, uh, Spencer was a, a little sore. I think he was just trying to get through and finish his throws. You could tell that it was affecting him just a little bit. And then he was able at the end of the game to get it loosened back up and started throwing the ball fine again there at the end. So he was fine. Had the game not been out of hand, we certainly would have left him in, end quote. And so uh, I don't know about that last part. I, I don't think there was ever really a time when Rattler truly looked to be fine uh, later in that game, especially at the end. I think you go back and watch the tape in his second to last series, there's a third down throw where he short hops Drake Stoops, and you could clearly see that whatever was bothering him, the, you know, the hit pointer, the hip, uh, was preventing him from, from making a good throw. I mean, that's a layup throw for Spencer Rattler. He's made it all year, and he just hammered it into the dirt. So it was clearly bothering him. Uh, after the game, Rattler said he thought he was playing at 50%, uh, but sometimes you got to toughen it out. So it, it, obviously he wasn't in good shape. Uh, so I, I get where you're coming from, but here is why it doesn't bother me that much. And I'll let you comment on this after I get done saying it. So, uh, you know, Oklahoma was going into a bye week. Uh, I don't think it, I think clearly to me it, it wasn't a bad injury. Uh, he, he just got hit hard in the hip is a hit pointer, uh, just a bruise. Um, yeah, he was being very like noticeable during the broadcast, like he was kind of wincing and stuff, but. Um, I, I think he was fine. Monday, Riley said he will be fine. Um, I, I like the idea of getting him as many game reps going into an off week. And here's the part that you're going to probably disagree with me, and a lot of the fans are going to disagree with me, and, and that's fine. Um, it was Kansas. I wasn't concerned really at all that he was going to take a big hit from Kansas or anything like that. Uh, I get the idea of like, oh, well, why risk it then? Which is a fair question. Uh, my reply would be, you know, the team's got two losses. I think he wanted to keep playing in the game. Rattler would have taken himself out if he was that bad. He didn't want to come out. And they still pulled him after two and a half quarters. So I, I, I didn't see – I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And lastly, I'll get off my soapbox with this last theory slash, slash reason for maybe why Riley kept him in the game. And I don't know if I talked about this last podcast. I don't think I did. I think Lincoln Riley is trying to put Oklahoma in the best possible situation to reach the college football playoff in case there's some bizarre shenanigans that play out and a two-loss team is potentially considered for the playoff. I think Lincoln's trying to pad that resume. He's trying to run up the score. And with Mordecai in there, it's not as easy to run up the score. We saw him pad that resume against Texas Tech. They went for the jugular against the Red Raiders. They went for the jugular against Kansas. I think now at this point, Riley's got Ramondre Stevenson back. He's got Ronnie Perkins back. You got Jaden Hazelwood out there playing. You know, maybe Trajan Bridges comes back at some point. I don't know. I think Riley's kind of feeling, feeling his team right now. He feels a lot better about his group. The defense is starting to get a little bit better. So I think he's just trying to put his guys in the best position possible to go as far as possible in 2020 
Just my theory, and so I get it. I will pause now, and I'll let you res- reply to any of the uh, the crazy things I just said. I mean, yeah, there's a lot to a lot to touch on there, and I I, I definitely disagree with you a, a little bit there. Like, I, I don't want to make a huge deal about this. This is, you know, a, a lot of the reason why we're talking about this is because the game was it was the Kansas game, and there's just in terms of what happened on the field, X's and O's and whatnot. There's not a lot you can take from that game at all. And so that's kind of my point there, too. If that's the case, why are you getting cute? Why, you know, I don't really... um, I I find what Lincoln Riley said at the end of the game kind of weird, him sort of downplaying. Spencer Rattler was clearly very injured. Maybe not, like, seriously, like he couldn't actually... You know, like, as in, like, he's going to be out for the year, or or it's a serious injury. But, like, he was in a lot of pain, and it was affecting his performance. So, like... You making the point of, you know, hey, maybe he's, he's, he's trying to position this, uh, the team for the playoff just in case anything goes crazy in college football and he wants to run it up a little bit. If that's the case, why aren't you just handing it off to the best player on the field and letting him just eat the entire game? Um, you were going to kill Kansas regardless. The, 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 the score was going to be gaudy regardless. And I, I think there's, there's two things at play here. I think there's only two explanations for why Spencer Rattler was still out there. One is Lincoln Riley just had no idea how hurt he was. It was blatantly obvious on the on 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 TV, the the camera angles, the TV angles. He wasn't getting anything behind his throws whatsoever. He could not complete the throws and he could not execute the plays that Lincoln Riley was calling for him. Um so and, and I think the second explanation would be maybe he's just trying to he, he's trying to gain some confidence, trying to gain some rhythm before their biggest game of the year in in, in a couple weeks. And, and to that I say, Spencer Rattler was hurt. They were bad reps. They were bad reps. There was just there was nothing to gain anymore from that. And like I, I get it. I, I think it's it's highly unlikely uh, that he could that he could have hurt it anymore. I, I'm sure that the the training staff would not have let him out there had you know how they think that he could have hurt it hurt it any worse. But like I, it was clearly affecting his performance. And I I think it's better just to just to say hey take a seat get healthy we'll work on that stuff rep after rep in practice in the next you know 13 days that we have to prepare for this next big game going out there and having bad reps against Kansas it can only hurt you and like I just that's a game where I I feel like the Ohio States of the world the Alabamas the Clemsons of the world they just hand it off to their running backs they let you know you let the trenches take care of that game and they would have won they would have won by the same score they would have they would have dropped 60 the reason why they didn't score more points in the first half is because they got too freaking cute. And so, you know, I, I this is, and like I said, this is Kansas. I, I think it's acceptable to play around with Kansas a little bit, maybe try some stuff, get, you know, gain some rhythm in the passing game. I don't necessarily hate that, but the reps were bad. The reps were bad. If, 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 like, if you wanted to win this game by 60, all you had to do was hand it off to Ramondre Stevenson, let him get, you know, let him get you to 35, and then honestly, TJ Pleasure would have been able to take care of the rest, because the offensive line was consistently moving people the entire game. And so I just, I, why, the, the chances that Rattler were going to get hurt were low, I will, I will concede that all day long, and I don't want to make too big of a deal out of this, but just, I, the reps that they put out there were were bad anyway, and, and I, if anything, maybe the confidence is down because you put out bad reps against Kansas. And I just, yeah, I, I just, you know, I 
I just don't agree with how they went about that. It was it, they could have been just as effective handing the ball off. It would have been no big deal. They're just the the good reps you have against Kansas. I'm sorry, you you, you just you can't you can't convince me that those reps are any better than the good reps that you have against the scout team because they're not. Yeah, I think you make a lot of really good points. I, I do. I uh, I got a couple of things to bring up to to push back a little bit. Uh, I don't think it was all bad reps. Uh, Riley said later that when he actually went back and, re- and rewatched the game, he, he thought Spencer played a little bit better than he initially thought. And when I rewatched the game, I, I thought Spencer played pretty well. I mean, granted, uh, that, that was a bad pick. It was kind of a weird play. R- Riley said that everybody messed up on that play. Uh, but I, I thought Spencer played pretty well. Obviously, he got banged up and his throws were bit off. But I, I really think that the Drake Stoops one that I talked about a little bit ago, that was the, the easiest one I could tell that really affected him. Other than that, I, I think he, he was able to – he played a lot from the pocket, and he got as much as he needed to on certain throws and made some pretty good, made pretty good decisions even after he'd gotten banged up. So I, I, I kind of disagree yeah, I, that I, they I, were all bad reps. I just thought he looked terrible. He, he, <laughs> he, he clearly looked physically limit, you know, limited, and I, I just yeah. – I, I think it's – Oh, he definitely was. He definitely was limited. I, I kind of like the idea, though, of a guy going out there and just kind of feeling his way through and playing through it and seeing what, you know, what he can bring to the table. I kind of like that. In a, in a way too if yeah, and, I, I, yeah i would say that would be the one explanation that i would kind of semi accept if that hey it's kansas we didn't think he could hurt it anymore we wanted him to go out there and gut through it a little bit but that's definitely not what lincoln riley said he downplayed the injury and based off what i saw on tv that was dumb he was clearly hurt he was clearly in lots of pain see uh, the the tv broadcast definitely made it look a lot worse than it probably was uh, when I, w- I was at the game, I didn't get any of that feeling at all watching it. Granted, I was watching it through a, a camera lens, uh, very tight. Uh, when he first heard it on that touchdown run, to me, I, I, you know, I could zoom in pretty far. It, to me, it kind of looked like he was like, yeah, like he was wincing, but also he was kind of laughing like, God, that was kind of dumb. I shouldn't have done that. But eh, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. No, yeah, he and, was like he, he scored. He was happy. And he was like he was kind of joking around with his teammates. And he was kind of saying like, yeah, he got me pretty good. Like he yeah. got like it was. And I like I, I don't know if on your rewatch when you were watching the TV uh, copy of it, but I mean they caught him on the sidelines straight up saying that he could not go back into the game. I would love an explanation for that. So yeah, I, I didn't see that in the rewatch, but I mean I kind of zoomed through it. Yeah, yeah I, I mean they clearly he was saying, pointing at his hip and saying no, like sh- sh- waving his hand saying no. I mean I I can't go back in. I don't know well, if he was joking I mean, or like. That's the thing, so, though. I mean, if, if that's the case, he, he just tells Lincoln Riley and Riley's like, OK, you're, you're out. So I, I just yeah, that doesn't do a whole lot for me because like I get the whole idea of like, yeah, a, a player players always want to play. And, you know, coaches sometimes are, are supposed to take guys out even if they want to play just to kind of keep, you know, save them for themselves. But Rattler and Riley, I'm sure, have a good relationship. If he doesn't think he can play, you, you tell him I can't play. I just but yeah, clearly I he thought he uh, could play. I guess yeah. I after rewatching the game and also while it was going on, I, I like I don't know what I expected, but I mean Kansas that 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 is absolutely the worst Kansas team that I've seen in the last decade, and you know that it's bad when I can differentiate that team from the other garbage Kansas teams there's been over the last ten years. That team was noticeably worse, noticeably different. It was bad. There was just. Much like the Missouri State game, I just don't think there was anything positive that could come from that game other than just getting a bunch of freshmen in. The only thing that's positive about that game. Yeah, and that's, that's totally fair. 
take. I got one more angle of this to push back a little bit on to, to see what you think about it. And, and I know that your thoughts of just run the ball, uh, you know, keep the clock running, let, let Ramondre and the running backs and the offensive line just do its job against Kansas. I know a lot of the listeners and I think fans think that too. And, and I totally get that. Here's my thing though. Ramondre ended up getting 11 carries in that game. He got 11 carries, 104 yards, uh, had a couple catches too, uh, four catches, 60 yards. So he had 15 touches. I, uh, I'm a lot more concerned about Ramondre Stevenson getting, you know, 15, 20, 25 touches in a game like that and getting injured than Spencer Rattler throwing it around getting hurt. I'd rather Stevenson stay fresh and not get a bunch of carries, you know, give it to him when you absolutely need to, but then get him out of there. And then obviously put in Pledger and you know McGowan and whatnot, which they did later in the game. I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to see Ron, Ramondre Stevenson get 20, 20 carries in that game. I don't, because I'm a lot more worried about him getting banged up and hurt than than uh, Spencer Rattler. And I'm, then I'm just curious why you don't have similar feelings about Spencer Rattler being in the game injured when the team is up by 31 points. Well, because Spencer Rattler's behind a really good offensive line, and they're and he's. He's smart. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna take a sack if he's gonna get hit or he's gonna go down. I mean, he's the and and also the you know the yeah that that that's the difference. I mean, I I, I just don't. Uh, I back to what I said earlier. I, I don't think Riley and Rattler really you know. And again, it's it's a risk, but I don't think they really seriously considered Kansas getting to him and and you know hitting him good and, and injuring him. Yeah, Whereas and again, you know think- you, you, you pound the rock a lot and you get you know Ramondre into piles of people. You never know what can happen. Yeah, sure. So. You know, I just that I mean what a what a terrible Kansas team. What a just a I mean that's one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in, in the Big 12. Just I mean they just had, they had no chance. What a I I I feel bad for that freshman quarterback. And it's like how yeah, do you too. like I I don't Kansas is absolutely one of the worst teams in the country. I mean they're they're down there with the worst teams in the MAC, easily the worst teams in the Sun Belt, um, and I just like I, I don't understand how anyone really signs the dotted line to play there anymore. It's uh, it's that what an embarrassing program that is. I mean, it's like it's not a that's not a useful game for anyone else in the conference. I just yeah, no, they are, but at the same time, I don't really care. It it it's boring to me. Like yeah, Kansas sucks. Like, yeah, so what? yeah, I just yeah. It's it's also kind of silly. It's like I mean, wouldn't it have been nice if, if you know, if if that was the game that they played on September twenty first and not Kansas State, like it just it just oh yeah it shows you true. how bit like how big of a deal the the scheduling in the conference turned out to be for OU this year. If they you know, if if they would have opened against Kansas and Texas Tech and not Kansas State and Iowa State, I think OU I mean OU is probably seven and zero right now and probably the number two number two or three team in the country. Oh, yeah, I mean scheduling always factors in, definitely. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a, that's interesting, interesting point. But uh, uh, let's get to some three word reviews and go through these as much you know, as much as we can. Uh, this this first one from Justin on Facebook goes along with what you were just talking about. Uh, destroyed bad team. Uh, I'm not sure if we need to get into this because we're kind of piling on at this point. But Justin says Rambo no show with parentheses again. Uh, I mean, Charleston had a touchdown wiped off the board late in the game off of uh, Jaden Hazelwood hold. But uh, for the most part, he was non-existent again. He just he's fallen behind 
uh, Marvin Mims. He's falling behind Theo Weiss. Um, he's probably going to end up falling behind Jaden Hazelwood. He just uh, just doesn't have it. And he just doesn't. No, yeah, he doesn't really. Uh, he just has not. He just has not been able to put it together this year. And I, I'm I'm and it's like it's it's super easy after seeing him this year to forget that he had 700 yards and a handful of touchdowns last year. It's it's really really easy to forget that. So you know I. I I don't know, and you even saw it, like on his on his touchdown that got wiped out. Once he got into the open field, you saw the the speed, him breaking away from everybody. But just for whatever reason, he can never bottle any of that up for, you know, for a single play or you know consistently over the course of an entire game. It's and of course, yeah, I I was the guy who was just I was I was beating the Rambo drum hard in the preseason, and I mean that's that's turned out to be one of my worst takes ever. The guy just clearly is he's he's just not ready. Or ever will be probably. When I was watching back the game on TV, they were showing the replay of Rattler's interception, and I think it was Tom Luganbill, the the color guy, and I think he he kind of uh, chastised Rambo for. Does this ring a bell for you? Or you just, like? Did you? See, yeah, he, like, yeah. I I watched that part. They uh they talked about this a little bit on the Sooner Scoop pod this week too. Oh, did they? Um, okay. Yeah, Rambo did just kind of. He just kind of. He just kind of stopped running. Um, so it, so it yeah, would. I, I, I don't think it, it was a bad. It, it probably still would have been picked off. It was a really bad throw and decision by Rattler. So so here's the thing. Uh, by the way, he he said he was trying to back shoulder Jeremiah Hall there. I mean that would that would have been a freaking heck of a throw if that would have worked out because Hall had all of his momentum going towards the sideline. He would have had to stop on a dime and make a great play. But uh, watching the the play, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean if if Rambo's route was supposed to keep going deep and he cut it off which then allowed that deep safety to come up and make that play that's not good uh, when I was watching it though my first thought was as a wide receiver especially somebody like Rambo who's been there for a long time and probably has decent rapport or should have decent rapport with Rattler how do you not feel yourself in a window of nobody around and just stop and start waving your arms like hey man I'm, I'm open hit me like stop into a spot where you're open don't just keep running I mean you see really good players in the NFL and even in college do that all the time where their their job is just to find find an open spot and when Rattler's run, you know rolling out and the, the play's breaking down do your quarterback a favor and try to get open I mean Jeremiah Hall was kind of trying to do that but he had a guy right near him Rambo didn't have anybody near him and I think maybe you know maybe he he's on the field he could see Rattler's eyes probably you know better than we could so maybe he, he didn't you know Rattler was just locked in on the sideline so maybe well, I mean, rambo thought rambo came no from the opposite here. side of the field so it was well i know but there there was a i mean he was in a in a window where if he would have maybe waved his arms and gotten rattler's attention i mean rattler's a obviously a very smart cerebral quarterback he would have probably seen a guy waving you know in a wide open in that part of the field so i like that always is weird to me like why, as a receiver don't i don't understand why you wouldn't be doing that like Think, hey, man, I'm open. Like, stop. Like, look around. Like, there's nobody here. Like, hey, hit me. Like, make it an easy throw for your quarterback as opposed to just, like, keep, like, kind of jogging nowhere where you're not helping anybody. And so, I mean, that might be another kind of reason or one of the, you know, small reasons why it's just it's not working out this year for him. I think Rambo is I, – I think Rambo is going to be kind of an obvious grad transfer uh, at the end of this season, I would be surprised if he has just like a monster year at SMU or something next year. That's that's my hot take. Revisit this or j- okay. try to store that one in your head. I think 
Rambo is going to grad transfer to a place like SMU and have like a, a good senior season somewhere. All right, more three-word reviews from Justin. That Buki fumble. A very bizarre play, Grant. Um, we did get some Big 12 officiating clarification. So uh, apparently, even though the Kansas guy had his foot out of bounds, you're still allowed to like knock the ball out and cause a fumble. Uh, so that was by the book. Uh, the, where, where it comes into play is if the ball is live, obviously. If the ball's live, like nobody has it, nobody has possession of it. Uh, you can't touch it, or if, if you touch it when you're out of bounds, it's a dead ball. So Buki was out Weird. of bounds when he touched, like when the, so like the guy came back and he 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 swatted from behind, and Buki's Buki's foot was on the white line when it hit Buki's like thigh or his, it it was just it was. What a weird! I thought the I thought the ball was definitely out before Buki went out of bounds. The ball, the ball was, was out, live. but the ball hit Buki yeah. while he was standing on the white line out of bounds. Should have been a dead ball right there. There, oh, there was no, lots no, of no, 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 no. That's that's not that wouldn't be a death because there's no possession of it. I mean, like, how, like that, that that's not the rule. The whole, I mean, the if, whole thing is just confusing. Like, I don't. Uh, yeah, the whole thing's confusing. I don't get it. It doesn't. Th- there shouldn't matter that there's possession because the because OU had possession beforehand. Yeah. I, if if how about like, just how if about a just player to touches a ball while sitting out of bounds, it's out of bounds. That's always been so. Wrong. Like I don't. If you can't recover well, a ball while you're standing out of bounds, you like. All right, let me let me yeah, get to I'm, the. Yeah, I'm really confused, and like, this is one of those things where it's like, who like who cares? This was such a doesn't matter. It's like I mean, Kansas threw a pick here, and then they went three and out when they got the ball back again, so it doesn't matter. But um, like I I just the whole thing was just weird. I I'm. Is there really a rule like you can actually? Like, where does that end, though? All right, I, so, so like, I know you can't be standing out of bounds and then launch yourself and hit somebody and then cause a fumble. You can't do that. All right, so, so like, credit to Joe Bettner of the Norman Transcript because he got the Big 12 uh, officials to comment on it, and here's what, what they said. Quote, the ball was in the runner's possession who was inbounds. So even though the defender was out of bounds, the ball is considered inbounds and live. If the ball is loose not in possession and touched by a player out of bounds the ball would then be out of bounds so i if you're if what you're saying is correct that the ball did hit buki when he was out of bounds then then yeah that should have been and also the ball, they like yeah you know, over wait by that if the ball is loose i'm gonna go back right i got the i got the uh like, game up right now i'm gonna because I, I, I did not see the ball hit buki when he was out of bounds because so the that, guy that was like new to i me. mean if the ball was loose and like the guy, because I'm trying to think here, because if the guy if the guy knocked the ball out of Buki's hand while he was standing out of bounds, while he, which is what he did, wasn't the ball loose there and the guy touching it, so it's out of bounds. Wait, say, sorry, say that again. I'm I'm trying to go back through. So the game. if the guy is standing out of bounds when he knocks the ball loose from Buki, okay. doesn't the guy by definition have to be touching the ball while out of bounds if he's knocking it loose from Buki? Well, no, I mean that's. That that's where the statement says. So, the this really this this actually does strike me as the Big Twelve. They definitely screwed it up, and they're just trying to cover their tracks now. No, which no, is no, exactly it, how the which is exactly how no, the Kansas the, State the off, question like, side kick thing happened last year too. Well, the yeah, that was bad. No, but the question that you're asking is answered in the statement because it it depends on if the ball has possession or if it's loose. He says when the ball is in possession, 
then yes, you can knock the ball out. But if it's loose and it touches somebody, then it's out of bounds. And so then now the, the question is, like what you said a little bit ago that I had not noticed or seen, you said that the ball hit Buki when he was out of bounds. So if the ball did hit Buki when he was out of bounds, then yeah, it should have been dead. Well, no, what I'm, what I'm saying is the, the Kansas State player, his foot was on the white line when he knocked the ball loose, which yes, means the Kansas State player was touching the ball when there was no well, possession. It's, it's, That's, so by definition... Oh, well, I mean, there was possession. He knocked it out. Like, Buki had possession, and he caused a fumble. Well, so then what, like, at, at what point does Buki lose possession then? Because well, the, the guy, guy like, hits the ball. I, the guy I know, hits the ball like, when Buki has possession. All right. So the, yeah, maybe, so maybe I'm trying to get too technical. I just, I, I, I find it hard to believe in a situation where a guy forces a fumble where he touched the ball. The guy touched the ball. Like, at what point in time does the ball become loose from Buki? What, what time is possess, is, does Buki no longer have possession? Because I can right, assure I, you that the guy I is touching that. the ball. The guy is touching the ball while Buki no longer has possession. If, if he knocks oh, it I, out of his hand, by definition. Well, I'm, I'm watching it right now. He, his foot comes down out of bounds. He hits Buki, hits the ball out, and the ball hits Buki's leg as Buki's leg is up in the air. So not out of bounds, and then it goes in. So no, like, I I, I understand. I, I understand what the. It's just a weird play that's never happened before. I mean that, you've I mean, never like that, I've never. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. yeah, I just like they can like I they got that wrong. They got that call wrong. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In no, the game, they, they no, won they didn't. Three points. They didn't get it wrong. Like, it's they got it right according to the rules, according to the Big Twelve. I I just I I'm I don't see how a guy can can knock a ball loose while out of bounds and also not not be touching it while the ball's not possessed. The guy knocked it out of his hands with his hand. He knocked the ball out of Buki's hand with his hand. It's not like it was a tackle and, Buki, and it just jarred Buki and it jarred the ball loose. The guy physically with his hand made sure that there was no longer any possession while he was standing out of bounds. Yeah, but I, I get that. But once the ball is knocked out, then that possession ends, and then it opens up to the ball being loose. So it's still counted when he knocked the ball out because possession was, would have been had. Now, if he would have like put his, his hand on the ball and been out of bounds for a long period of time and Buki would not have fumbled and he kept trying to rip it out, rip it out, rip it out, and then he ripped it out finally being out of bounds, then maybe, yeah, that, maybe that wouldn't count. I don't know, but... I guess like, yeah. It where was does, a bang, where bang does that play. rule end? It, like if the guy was clearly like if his entire body was out of bounds, he's still right. able to come out and, and cause the fumble. I guess so. I mean, if he's in if he's in the field of play, I mean, if he's like obviously like you can't come out of the sideline. That's obviously illegal. But but it's just like I don't, I, I don't yeah, maybe like that rule doesn't make any sense because like if you're on offense and you go out of bounds and you're the first one to touch the ball from there, it's like that's illegal touching. So, but this isn't an illegal touching situation though, where the ball is loose. Or the ball is not possessed. It's you're forcing. I mean, this is like a once in a bajillion situation where, a, like, a fumble is forced near the sideline by a guy that accidentally stepped out of bounds. I mean, this is such a weird play that just it's a weird I've play. Never like uh, that's, that's one that I'm, I'm, I I I do not trust the Big 12's officiating explanation. There, I just don't. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess maybe yeah, maybe that's my problem. It's a good thing this doesn't matter, but yeah. 
All right. We did a lot more on that than I thought we would. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of your guys' three-word reviews because some of you leave a lot, and I appreciate that, but some of it we've already kind of touched on. Um, more from Justin, six-and-a-half rush average for OU. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's back-to-back games. Granted, Tech and Kansas aren't very good, but Stevenson shows up, and they average, I think, five-and-a-half against Tech and six-and-a-half against Kansas, and they could have had more against they Kansas. Have, I mean, like, I yeah. feel like in every game this year they've had – like pretty massive, um, uh, like sack yardage. Lots of sack yardage. When whenever they do get sacked, I feel like Mordecai had one where he lost like twelve yards, like the second play after he came in after Rattler. Um, I don't know. I I did the math on that. I think a couple weeks ago and took the sack yards away. It's the rushing was still not good without Ramondre. So I don't I don't think that matters that much. Um, uh, really hitting stride from Justin. I'll just bring this up real quick. I, we, I mean, everyone thinks Oklahoma's playing well, and they are. But it, how how much of an issue, or is there a mirage because they beaten TCU? Who TCU is probably? Would you say is TCU the best of the three teams they beat? Oh, in a definitely. Row? Yes, for yeah. sure. Uh, and then Tech, and then Kansas, who's just objectively terrible. I mean, they've beaten three pretty bad teams. Uh, so it's yeah, they're they're doing what they need to do against these bad teams, but it's not like they're they're beating good teams uh, but I, I think that's a larger point though and, and this is the point I think you were going to make and you made it before the big 12 is just not very good in 2020 and yeah I, I guess I don't have much to add to that but I mean I'm, honestly there's not a lot of yeah. I mean college football outside of a handful of teams is not is has not been very good just in general yeah and it's, I mean it's not surprising when you look at you know all the variables that people are dealing with but I mean, yeah, teams have looked not great a lot this year. I mean, there's outside of I mean, it's yeah. I almost said Clemson. Clemson lost. Clemson. Clemson's no longer undefeated. Yeah, um, that's true. Like, I mean, they've Notre had, Dame they've had is, issues. It's weird. Clemson. Clemson's had issues on the back end. They're, I guess, they're secondary struggling. And like, I mean, Notre Dame's the number two team in the country now, but Notre Dame's just okay. I mean, they're obviously a really good team, but I mean, I, I kind of feel like if they were to you know get back into the playoffs they'd probably get spanked a little bit yeah i mean i guess i mean obviously trevor lawrence didn't play and i guess clemson was without three starters on defense or something like that i mean they, they were missing a lot of guys on defense too yeah, so notre dame legitimately yeah you know, notre dame didn't really move the ball particularly well in that game at all um i'll have to take your word for it. I, I didn't get a chance to watch any of that game so i, I yeah I, I didn't see it at all um, yeah, I, so I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's true. I just, I think Oklahoma's playing great. I, I think they're going to keep playing really well. Uh, but also it's not like they're beating a bunch of good teams. They're not, uh, but Oklahoma's doing what it needs to do against these teams that they're playing. Uh, bring on Bedlam. We'll talk about Bedlam later. Uh, becoming dangerous team. Maybe, maybe that's from Justin, uh, skip three word reviews. OU hitting stride. Defense dominated Kansas. Uh, Bedlam. How about this? Defensive front unstoppable. A lot of sacks, Grant, against KU, and you kind of hinted at it earlier. You said you felt bad for. Did you say you felt bad for Kansas's quarterback? Uh, yeah, it was really nice to Jaylen see Daniels. Them. Yeah, and that. I mean, you you can even see and how Jalen Daniels moves. That guy's a pretty good athlete, and he couldn't get away from OU's defensive line. Um, and that like that. That excites me a little bit because, I mean, I think 
if Jalen Daniels couldn't really run away from the defensive line, I don't think Spencer Sanders is going to really be able to run away from them either. I guess the only, the, yeah, the only, the only person in the league who can is Brock Purdy, because that's the only thing he's he's generally good for, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. the The defensive line played really well. Let's see him going. Let's look at the stats. Um, yeah, Nick Benito had three sacks in the game. Yeah, Benito was. Benito was a problem the entire game, and I mean it's not it's not surprising. He was he's Benito's been really good this year, and Kansas was was really overmatched. I mean it was they just they, they really struggled, especially on the edge. Basically, anyone that OU put on the edge, they they just couldn't block for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean Ronnie Perkins had a sack and a half. Um, even like Reggie Grimes had a sack wiped off because he had a face max penalty. Uh, but we saw Brendan Walker get in there and get his get a half sack. Stripling uh, had th- one. I mean, there Stripling was... had a sack. He had a sack and a half. Isaiah Thomas really. I mean, he knocked Daniels out of the game in the fourth quarter. He had a sack and a half. Yeah, they got after it. Um, I, I I like the idea, and I I made a note of this when I was watching it. It happened a couple of times. I like whenever Oklahoma has four down linemen or they have four around and. And they have uh, Nick Benito be the guy who spies the quarterback. I like him doing that more than Deshaun White or Brian Asamoa. Because Nick Benito is actually, he's really athletic. He's actually pretty fast. And he, a really good athletic quarterback like Daniels, he he did a good job of spying him and bringing him down. Especially uh, on that fourth down play later. I guess guess it was more than once Oklahoma got him off the field. Uh, Later in the game, it was fourth down and seven. And uh, they they had Benito spy Daniels, and that's when Benito got that sack on fourth down. Yeah, I wonder if we're gonna so see. I, yeah, we're gonna see that a lot in Bedlam, especially um, because especially in third and long, if you can roll out that uh, that front four of of Winfrey, Perkins, uh, Thomas, and Benito, and you and you have Benito spy Spencer Sanders. I mean, that's pretty formidable. You can have seven guys back in coverage. Can probably get pressure just with those three guys, and then Benito is there to clean up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, and we'll talk about this more next week. But yeah, that's it's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, you know, this defensive line against Oklahoma State because they're going to have a really tough time blocking those guys up front. And um, God, it's it's been a long time since I've since you know I've sort of felt like that. Basically anybody that OU goes up against is going to have a really hard time blocking those guys up front. I think that's that that's a really, that, I mean that it's nice to bring that into the matchup. Like I, mm-hmm. I just, um, they still yeah. would have lost by you know three or four touchdowns, but it it had been fun to see this exact defensive front, like the eight or nine guys they have right now rotating. It had been it had been fun to see them against LSU last year. That would have been fun. Um, yeah, they I mean yeah. they still would have lost by. By oh, yeah. name yeah. your score, but it, it it probably would have been a little more competitive in the first half. No, I agree. I agree. More three word reviews. Let's go to Ned on Facebook. We were just talking about this. He says nine QB sacks. Uh, two more takeaways. Obviously, one of them uh, Trey Brown who got a pick early in the game. So nice break on the ball by Trey Brown. Uh, Bukies obviously that was a weird one because he fumbled it away. But uh, let's see that. They had two against Kansas. They got, th- what, three against Tech, and I think they got – how many did they get against TCU? Did they get three against TCU? No. they had None against TCU. They, oh, okay. Well. That I remember. I, I'm not yeah, – yeah. Nothing's popping is, – is coming to me. Right. 
Well, at least it's back-to-back games where they had more than one turnover. So it's it's something. I mean, obviously, we're not as obsessed with turnovers this year because it's just for whatever reason this team doesn't get as many. But uh, you know, if, if the the front they keep getting this pressure and create havoc numbers, they're gonna their next team they play is Oklahoma State, who's not doing a very good job of keeping the football. Uh, you know, if, if Oklahoma doesn't force at least two turnovers against Spencer Sanders and Oklahoma State, that's not good. They need to they need to get at least two in that game. But we we'll, really we'll interested. Yeah. Really interested to see what their defensive game plan is in that game. If it's if if their number one priority going into that game is to not stop Tylen Wallace, then there's there's a there's a problem in the coaching staff. That that absolutely needs to be their main focus. Yeah, I'll be curious to see who if they shadow him or I mean, Grinch hasn't been a big shadow guy at all. They they play straight up and they put their guys out there. So yeah, well that'll be an interesting thing to look look forward to next week. Uh, replay ruined pace. Yeah, that game took forever. Uh, weird replays. Um, not, you know, really, just all in all, not a super pleasant watch of college football. No. That's that that's back to back weeks now. Um, man, I think I, I think it it is more of like a it's it's more of an indictment of the Big Twelve than anything else. And I mean, it's this is exactly what Clemson fans have been have been seen in the ACC the last, I don't know, handful of years where it's just they, they go into a game and it's just not competitive. And it's just like the other team just cannot compete with the athletes. And uh, it's tough. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I just I, – I, I doubt that that's going to happen against Oklahoma State. But if, if that game gets out of control, if, like, OU's defensive line starts to just consistently whip OSU up front, up front, I could see that game getting out of hand too. Like, I mean, it's – that's how much better OU's defensive front is – than anyone in this conference that can block them right now, um, which makes it even more like it makes the Iowa State game I, it, even more confusing to me. But like I said, I mean, Brock Purdy was able to just kind of wiggle his way out of pressure whenever he wanted to. It seemed like that's a different team back then. They they weren't much much different team. They weren't uh, definitely weren't playing with as much confidence on defense as they are right now. No, it's just it's just that. That Texas game and everything else, they turned a corner. I mean, and Riley talked about it this past week. It's just a lot of young guys are, are showing him and Alex Grinch and the other assistant coaches that they are ready to play a lot. I mean, we saw a lot of guys play pretty early. Like DJ Graham, DJ Graham came in yeah. at corner. I mean, I think in the first quarter. I mean, he was in there pretty early on, so he's even starting to get reps at corner along with Jaden Davis, Trey Brown, and Woody Washington. And I thought Graham, his best play was a he. He made a stop short of the sticks on third down, made a tackle on an out route, came up, made, made a nice tackle, and, and forced, I think it was, uh, it forced a fourth down, and then the next play was whenever Shane Witter and made that nice play to, to stop Kansas on fourth down. So so DJ Graham's shown that he can play a lot more. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more of Jeremiah Cradell. And, uh, I mean, they're not getting a whole lot of chances to do a whole lot because Kansas couldn't really threaten them through the air. But uh, against Oklahoma State, we'll see how that plays out. How, but if how the, can you, those guys still play a lot? How can you not be excited though for just I mean, the the speed and the pass rushing ability that that uh, in the depth that they're showing in that department. I, Brendan Walker, you already mentioned Reggie Grimes. Um, I mean, they got some ability there. Like, and I, as far as I'm concerned, you can you can never have too many guys in the front seven. Who can get after mm-hmm. it and rush the passer and and all of that? So I mean that that's exciting. Like it's uh, 
maybe that recruiting is kind of starting to pay off a little bit. And uh, I, I, I agree. DJ Graham was the guy who kind of stood out to me the most um, of, of those young guys in the secondary. And his uh, his physical profile, I like I like a lot. He's really long. He's got a lot of length. You can tell. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see if those guys get get some more run coming up here. But um, it's gonna be kind of yeah. interesting with Oklahoma State. We'll see about Gra- We'll see about Graham. He's he's only five eleven, so he's not very big. He's not big, um, but mean, he's 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 got long arms though. He's got length. Yeah, yeah, maybe he'll play a little bit bigger than that. We'll see. All right, more three-word reviews. Go to James on Facebook. Uh, Rattler hip pads. You know, I got to say, I, I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of these guys just not wearing certain pads in their pants. I mean, like, yeah, like if he had hip pads, maybe he it, it wouldn't have hurt him so bad. Like, obviously, like I know these guys want to be fast and, like, you know, any sort of padding, you know, maybe they feel like they're slower. But I bet there's, like, really nice pads these days that are not that big of a hindrance that certain guys could wear and they'd be more protected. But I think that maybe just shows me being an old guy now. Cause like, I just can't imagine not, I can't imagine not having certain pads in my pants. If I'm playing football, just out of like, why not? Like you're, it's not going to slow you down that much. And uh, if, if at all, and then also like I've, I'm, I'm still floored that there's people that play football without, uh, without a mouth guard. That's crazy to me. It's, uh, I don't know, just a random thought there. I especially a quarterback. I mean, you get hit. Like I get that they got to talk, but um, I just can't imagine making hits and t- getting hit without a mouth guard because it just ugh, it just doesn't. Your teeth can get all messed up. Uh, I don't. I think it's not great for. Your, it possibly could be more. You could maybe get a concussion easier. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just I remember thinking that mouth guards were were good back playing ball, but maybe things have changed now. I don't know. I have no it's, opinion on the matter. All right. Uh, and you guys put a lot of three-word reviews down. Um, guards like food. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Big big boys, James. Uh, cheap shot Stog. You haven't talked about Austin Stogner yet. I think, yeah, I think Rattler, or not Rattler, I think Riley might have mentioned he thought that was a cheap shot. Uh, maybe. I don't I mean, it didn't look good. It sounds like Stogner's fine. Riley said that every, everybody's fine. Yeah, they said it. They said that was just like a thigh bruise, right? It had nothing to do with his knee. I'm not sure if it was a thigh bruise, but I've just heard that that he that everybody's fine. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's all. That's another one of those plays where that he I mean, the play that Stogner got hurt on was a play that that Rattler didn't drive on his throw. He was hurt at the time. And I mean, you never know if, if that. If just that no. that one split second could have made it, you know, made it easier for uh, for Stogner to brace for the hit. I don't know. Maybe. I, it's uh, just a what? Well, yeah, I that he did a nice I, job I'm, of stepping up, and I thought it was a pretty good throw. I'm I'm so. glad that I'm glad that they got out of that game with no serious injuries. I, I, it's just, oh my gosh. Um, last one from James. We're gonna go with uh, less free money. Uh, yeah, less miles. Obviously, just hammering a paycheck right now at KU. Uh, man, that's just I mean, I'm sure he'll get a pass somewhat because it's a pandemic season. And it's a weird year, but uh, that can't be very fun for him right now. I mean, what do you do if you're I mean, you just you, I think you just kind of got to ride it out. If you're Kansas. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you got to hope that less kind of tries and maybe he is. I don't know. But you got to just see. I haven't looked at their recruiting for the next year or two. I, I, why would I look at so you know, maybe he's getting people, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe but, their you know, defense we'll really is actually not that bad. Maybe their defense is okay. It's just kind of mm-hmm. 
I don't know, but yeah, I mean, you, you kind of seems like you, at this point in time, you got to give him five or six years to to at least put some sort of imprint on the program. I think right now you, you got to at least let Jaden Daniels get you know to the end of his eligibility. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's potentially the worst job in college football. I, I mean, it 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 really might mm-hmm. be. Yeah, it might be. Scotty on Facebook says another team win. Trey says, welcome home, Sooners. Yeah, Grant, that was the first home game in something like 42 days. Since the Kansas and State loss, yeah. Since Kansas State, and I believe OU information, I think they it was in the game notes. That was like the – it tied for the longest uh, amount of days, like during a you know in-season of Oklahoma playing a home game and then waiting until their next home game, like in program history. It was the most amount of time between home games. So if it felt like it was a long time, it's because it really was. Um, Skip on Facebook has some uh, some Lincoln Riley criticism. He says, Riley, great schemer, dot, 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 and also says, great play caller, question mark. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say it's crazy to criticize Riley. I, I think he has put some stuff on tape where, you know, maybe – uh, people, you know, he gets maybe too conservative sometimes. I, I get it. I mean, the evidence is mounting up, but I, I don't get too worked up about it. I, I kind of get it. We've kind of gone over the whole Rattler thing and maybe why he throws. I, I think Riley just likes to have fun and likes to throw it around and have. And you could say that's bad. You know, maybe it is. Uh, but sometimes, like against Kansas, he can get away with it, and I, I think he knows that. Uh, so I, for me, I'll, I'll save any sort of potential criticisms for different opponents and stuff and weird maybe in-game calls. But now that I think he's got his, his offense, he's got Ramondre and his offense is more wide open, I think he wants to have a little bit more fun with it. So, but, uh, yeah. I guess I just don't understand why, and, like, your, your, your points about not, you know, not wanting to give Ramondre too many touches, wanting to keep him fresh. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I'll accept that. I'm okay with that. But I don't understand. Like, why not, why not just give him the ball five or six straight plays and just so just get it in the back of Kansas's head oh crap we have to deal with this guy and then that'll just make the play fakes that much more effective giving your quarterback more room to you know to work with I I, but yeah like I said I I don't I don't philosophically I don't really have a problem with kind of screwing around with Kansas a little bit it's just I when it became obvious that Things weren't working extremely well. It's like you you weren't just moving it down the field with ease through the air. Why not make it a little easier on yourself? Sure. Yeah. That's still that's you know. again, I guess I think it's a fair fair take. And and you know, I think another part of it too could be is just you know, getting up in in Riley's brain or just you know, theorizing. I, I it's very obvious. He he loves Spencer Rattler. He knows Rattler's awesome. And I think he just likes to to play with them. I'm like, hey, let's let's have this guy do do fun things. And you know how much of like last year with the uh, the last half of the season, he had a really limited quarterback and he couldn't do a lot of stuff. And it was like in his brain, he probably thought, oh, I want to be able to do way more things, but I just I have a very limited passer. And now he's like, screw it, we've lost two games. Like I want to open it up and have fun, and I want to let Spencer go play. I think that could be part of it too. Uh, and like he's playing a video game and he's got a really good player and he's like, yeah, this is more fun throwing it than it is just turning and handing it off. And again, I'm just like, it's just, I'm, that's an explanation. I mean, that's a, that's an explanation and I can, 
That's an explanation. That's fine, but like I, I don't, I don't think it's a great that's excuse. Fine too. You don't, you don't have to. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, I, and you don't think it's a great excuse, and that's great. And I think a lot of people that listen to the show agree with you, and probably don't don't agree with me a whole lot. And I'll, I'll admit, a lot of my thoughts around this probably stem for again that OU's lost two games this year, and they're not in a playoff race. So it's like, yeah, you know what? They can they can tinker and they can have fun, and it, you know, because whatever. Like, I think they can kind of win the Big Twelve if. Like kind of just going away if they want, because uh, they've they've done it a hundred times. So, yeah, I mean they can. So like I like I I legitimately think they can just win the Big Twelve by just handing it off to Ramondre if they want. Um, maybe. I think at some point like, you get I, predictable like, and you can't just run the ball every play. So like as 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 we all uh, know, last year, <laughs> the offense gets stale. I don't know. Wisconsin sure seems to have built a program on just running the ball all over a bunch of teams that are weak in the front seven. Yeah, but how many times has Wisconsin won the big, the big Ten? You know, they, Wisconsin's still uh, a couple yeah. times, a couple times. I, but also, I I don't think Wisconsin would have a whole lot like the traditional Wisconsin team would have no trouble going through this conference this year, the Big Twelve. Mm, maybe. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, but it's like the path of least resistance. Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah, I mean, in the game, I mean, you, you saw them. I mean, they handed the ball off to he, to him when they they needed to, and Spencer gave him the ball when they needed to. So it's not like they were totally against it. I think that, and to me, that just showed that's like, yeah, they're obviously just kind of messing around here. Like, but whenever they need it, they'll just do it, which I'm I'm okay with. I'm okay. With. I guess yeah. It's it's maybe just yeah. Maybe just the difference in world viewers. I, I I don't I don't think you need I don't think you need to mess around with Kansas. Like I, I just yeah I, 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 yeah. It doesn't the 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 you know the the risk analysis there just I I guess you know like you doesn't doesn't leave me feeling you got all, all warm these guys and fuzzy. on your roster. There's you know there, you got two fewer games. They're practicing every week. You want to run your offense. You want to give guys chances and snaps and you know going out there and just running the ball. 60 times and having a short game or I mean I just maybe the thought is like I, I, I want to let my guys play like I want to I want to my guys have earned snaps I want to let them run the offense I want to get to the point where I'm getting Marcus Major touches and like I'm, I'm letting all these defensive guys play and like I don't want to have a short game and it's like I I I get it like yeah like from the fans perspective yeah we want a quick Kansas you know getting get in and out 35 nothing getting I, I get that but if you're a coach and you're in the program and you're around these kids every day, like I, I think there's, I think that's part of it too. Like he wants to get these guys reps and like they've earned the opportunity to play. And sometimes some of these guys probably won't get a chance to play very much the rest of the year. And in Kansas is an opportunity for that to happen. So, well, I mean, yeah, but yeah, you saw when Tanner Mordecai came back in. Yeah, they were just running the offense, and that's that's fine. Like that's that is good. But like I, yeah. You have your star quarterback. He was clearly hurt. Yeah, no, like I there's, don't know. it doesn't matter. They, they they won by fifty three. Yeah, no, like, it doesn't matter. It's like this 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 game is going to have zero impact on Bedlam. That that's why okay. I think it's silly. yeah. We've we've each presented our thought. Like I think we each have our you know takes, and the listeners will. I'm going to guess most of them probably agree more with you than me, and that's that's okay. Like I, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, but that's it's good to talk about it. Um, uh, Nathan's three-word review, defense, defense, defense. Brad's three-word review, run the table. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think at this point, I think Oklahoma is going to run the table. 
I'm kind of you know, giving away my thoughts on Bedlam, but you know we'll get more detailed later on. Uh, Barry, last one on Facebook, Stevenson, a beast. True. Let's go over to Twitter for Gonzo Strangelove, and he he wants us to kind of just make sure that we keep things in perspective. His three word review is: Remember, it's Kansas. Uh, also. He says, Riley, reckless with Rattler. Sorry, I know that's cheating a bit on the three-word rule. And uh, he says, tackling improvement continues. And last one, he says, 2021, Ramondre returns? Interesting. I, I mean, Ramondre keeps playing like this, I, like, and with not a whole lot of tread on his tires. I... I think, I mean, this is, he played last year. He would, I guess if, yeah, you have an extra year of eligibility. He only had 80 carries last year. I kind of would probably feel the same way about Ramondre as I felt about Chuba last year. It's like, if you can go to the NFL as a running back and you're really good and you don't have a lot of tread on your tires, you got to go, especially if you're going to be a somewhat decently high pick, which I think Ramondre could be. I think he only played one year of Juco ball too. Hmm. So it's, uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's, He's like, yeah, gun to my head right now. He's gonna go. A, a running back should, a running back should always go if they, if they think that they're gonna get drafted reasonably high. Yeah. They should always go. Like I think Chuba Hubbard has cost himself a pretty decent amount of money. I think this so year. too. He's gonna have to really rely on some great combine metrics and pro day stuff to, to maybe juice. Although him back I, up. I, I think he, although I think he would have fallen in the process if he would have gone because they would have realized that his tape last year wasn't even really that great. But well, I disagree on that. I think he had great. Tape I digress. Last year. I think he was really good. But um, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's good. Play. He's not just. He's not a first round NFL guy. Nah, probably just at not. all. Um, our, our cousin says Ku is bad. Fact check true. We got hype man Harry coming in here. Letter rip. Uh, oh, that's a. That's a that's a 2003 reference. Oh yeah yeah a little, little less miles less yeah. miles. Yeah, Oklahoma State coming off a of back-to-back wins against OU in 01 and 02. Going into a college game day game against the number one team in the country. Les was all just, Les was super fired up. <laughs> 52 to 9. Just got freaking smoked. Uh, more from Hype Train Harry, or I'm sorry, Hype Man Harry. My bad, Harry. Uh, Got to get that that Twitter handle correct. Another good one, Sooners Flip Birds. That's pretty good. Uh, and lastly from him, solid four quarters. Great job, Harry. Good stuff there. Uh, Jack, uh, more on the Rattler. He says, take him out. Um, Skip, we've already had yours from Facebook. Thanks for putting him on Twitter, too. Uh, Doug's pretty funny. I fell asleep. <laughs> yep. Don't blame you. Uh, Caleb says, finally, one-fourth. And then the last one from Twitter is from OKC Energy FC fan, and he posted the, uh, a GIF or a GIF, however you want to say it, from uh, the Karate Kid, sweep the leg. And I'll admit, I have never seen the Karate Kid, but uh, I definitely have heard of that before. I'm not uh, somebody that's lived under a rock, so I, I understand the reference. But uh, never was interested in seeing the Karate Kid, mainly because I'm not a big fan of karate, so I just never cared to see it. I don't know. Have you ever seen that movie? Hard-hitting analysis. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, have you ever seen that movie? Uh, no, I actually yeah, haven't. I know that people are all into, uh, what is it called, Cobra Kai on like Netflix or something. That's I've seen that all over, all over the Facebooks and the Twitters, people. And I 
and I will respectfully say I'm I hope I'm glad you all like it. I'm not interested. Um, all right, so that's all I have from three word reviews. Thank you all for submitting them. Uh, we kind of went through it a little quicker today because it's Kansas and we have a bye week where we're trying to trying to make this one a little bit tight. Plus, we do have some some listener questions from Facebook. And uh, all right, Skip, um, you had some questions. We've already gone over the Rattler Riley stuff and. And so hopefully we've answered and we've gone through what you were asking about when it comes to that. Uh, Brad has an interesting question, kind of a, uh, a big picture type question from Facebook. He says, if the Big Ten or if a Big Ten team only plays five to six games and is dominant and gets in the playoff, what is different than Oklahoma dominating in their last six or seven games with the suspended players back? Could the playoff committee forget a couple games? Yeah, I think we kind of hinted at this earlier a little bit. How you know, like when I was talking about Riley, and I think you know, my theory is that he's trying to put Oklahoma in the best position to make the playoff. I'm going to pause, Grant, and I'm going to let you address Brad's question first. What do you think about that? I suppose it's possible. I'll be honest with you, Brad. My my brain's not really going to those to those places yet. Um, I know this uh, Ohio State has canceled their game this week, so that's one less game that they're going to play. Um, the Pac-12 only had six games scheduled anyway, and it's kind of seeming unlikely that I feel like all of their members are going to get through that six-game schedule. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, you know, it's going to be a weird season. Jeez, like there's not even that many undefeated teams left, right? From like the the original crop of teams that started, it's just Notre Dame and Alabama, isn't it? From the original teams, uh, from Power Five, yeah. But then you you th- Power Five, yeah. I don't. I'm I'm sorry. I don't care about BYU, um, Cincinnati. You know, it, Cincinnati. I don't really care about them either. Marshall, um, Coastal I mean, Carolina. Cool. I mean, like, yeah. I think it would be fun, like in a weird year, if though if one of those teams got a got a chance. But I mean, they get they'd get smoked in the playoffs. So I, you know, I, I don't know. Especially BYU. BYU absolutely would get smoked. I haven't um, seen them play a snap this year, unfortunately. But uh, I, I hear know, that I just, quarterback's it's, good, but I, I don't know. I've I've never seen him play. Who knows? Who knows this year? Yeah, I, I at this point in time, there's really only like. I, I definitely think OU is one of the 10 best teams in the country right now, currently. There's only, I think there's maybe only five or six teams right now that I that I would say would be favored over OU. Um, other than that, I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I really don't. Um, maybe if OU goes on a run here, let's say if OU wins out and wins a Big 12 championship, they'd be 9-2. and two. Um, I, We don't even know if OU is going to be able to play all their games, guys. So I, it's, yeah. To answer your question, sure, it it could it, it could get weird. There could be an there there could certainly be a situation where OU is really hitting their stride. They just won a Big Twelve championship, and maybe that Big Twelve championship puts them ahead of a lot of other teams. Maybe they've played three or four more games than other teams ahead of them. Um, be honest with you, right now, I just like I, I don't want this team to get back into the playoffs and just get and get smoked by Clemson or Alabama again. I, I just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I I don't think that's what that what would be best. They've lost two games already. I, I don't I don't really think they deserve to make the playoffs. So I I share a lot of your thoughts, Grant. Um, I I do think this is a good question by Brad, though. It's kind of I mean it's 
<coughs> it could Excuse get me. interesting. Uh, like we'll see how November plays out. It could get interesting. You know, I, I, I reserve the right to change my mind if it gets down to it, and it's like, well, yeah. And you know, comparatively speaking, to maybe the other teams that they would be compared against, they start to look good. But I don't know. I mean, I I, I remember what that team looked like against Kansas State and Iowa State, and I I, I don't really. Yeah. I don't know. I want to be consistent with what I've argued over the past. I don't really think that team really deserves for a shot to win a national title. Sure, sure. Know? And I mean, you mentioned the Ohio State Maryland game is canceled. Uh, you know, so that's one fewer game for the Buckeyes. They've got Ohio State's got a potential to play at most eight games now if, if they make it to the Big Ten title game. And so and you got Oklahoma. I think OU's on track to play its full 10 game season. I, I think OU will play its full season. Um, and then plus a Big 12 title game potentially. So I think there's a world in which Oklahoma plays, you know, three more games in Ohio State. You know, you play that, that, you know, they'll play even more games against, you know, whoever wins the Pac-12. So, you know, let's say the Sooners went out and go nine and two and they're on an eight game winning streak. So I, I do think there's an argument there for, you know, taking a look at Oklahoma's two losses, you know, no doubt, especially considering, let's say, Ohio State's like eight and oh. And Oklahoma's won eight in a row, and Ohio State didn't play, you know, that many games. Like, there's definitely an argument. We'll say this: like, I think if I mean, if if, if OU wins out and they're impressive and they're nine and two, they're going to theoretically put themselves in the conversation. If they do that, they're going to be within the top eight teams in the country yeah. come, uh, you know, playoff selection time. So, you know, I. I don't know. It's like it's one of those things where I've got, I've 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 lost so much. Uh, not I haven't lost a lot of sleep, but it's like I I feel like I've 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 just had a lot of anger and lots of frustration over the playoff picking process. And I don't know. This year I just don't really want to. This year it's going to be so, so many different variables and so many different situations where just yeah, even thinking about it, just it just my head's kind of swimming a little bit. I, you know, I don't. And uh, OU hasn't beaten anybody any good so far so i guess we'll, we'll even see and like not really gonna have an opportunity to do so i mean oklahoma state's technically their only only shot and then the big 12 title game if they make it that far and, and ultimately though i'm with you i i don't want to see this team in the playoff anyways that's it's kind of you know like two three years ago lee would have been like what are you talking about man that's a terrible take but i i've been beaten into submission to where it's like yeah I, i've seen the last two years this team, it's not there. It's not ready. It's not ready to play a Bama. It's not ready to play an Ohio State or Clemson. It just isn't. And Now, if they could, you know, if, if they snuck into the playoffs and lucked out and played a Notre Dame okay. in the first round, they, they, they can play and beat Notre yeah, Dame. They can compete that, with Notre Dame. They definitely can. Um, that They can't. Like, Clinton, I don't think they can beat Clemson. And I, I, I understand that Notre Dame just beat them. But um, I mean, I mean, in, in theory, to do Clemson with Alabama. would be fully healthy by the time they would play a playoff game so um you, you made a, a comment real quick i just kind of thought it'd be interesting you mentioned like how many teams would be favored over ou right now i'm looking at the top 25 i think it i think the top six teams in the top 25 would all be favored over ou and then maybe maybe there's a world in which georgia would also be favored over ou um who are the top six teams? Bama, right Notre now? Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, AM, and Florida. I think OU would be favored over AM. I don't think they would. I think AM would be a probably a short 
maybe like a three-point favorite or more. So that's what I was thinking. I, I, I was going to say, I think uh, if you're actually talking Vegas, I think OU versus Notre Dame would be a pick em in Vegas. No, nah, no, nah, Vegas, um, they'd, they'd have Notre Dame as a favorite. I think I think OU would be favored by like a point or a point and a half over A&M, and I think they'd be uh, underdogs against everyone else. All right. I think they'd be underdogs against Georgia. Okay. Um, all right, so next Facebook question. Philip wants to know, does Oklahoma need both Kansas State and Iowa State to lose two games or just one of them? Do you think this weekend puts Oklahoma back in the driver's seat to the Big 12 championship game? And so I kind of already gamed this out a little bit. I, I saw Philip's question, and so I'll, I'll jump. I'll, I'll present it for you now. If, if you haven't heard the scenarios or whatever, which honestly I hadn't yet until I looked it up, here's where we stand. So Iowa State hosts K-State next week. That's when Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State. So that means either Iowa State wins and knocks Kansas State down to three losses in the conference or uh, K-State wins the game and then both of those schools are at two conference losses. So I think the most likely result, we would all agree, is that Iowa State beats K-State. And so that means that K-State has three Big 12 losses. And, And, you know, if that happens, then Oklahoma definitely controls its own destiny towards the Big 12 title game. And... I think Oklahoma should have a pretty good idea if it controls its own destiny by kickoff of Bedlam because that Iowa State-K-State game is at 3 o'clock on that same day. Now, if K-State beats Iowa State, uh, both of those schools then would have two losses, and then OU would need one of the two of those teams uh, to still lose to have that chance to make the Big 12 title game. And so you look at the remaining schedules for Iowa State and K-State, Iowa State's at Texas, home against West Virginia, and then K-State's at Baylor, home against Texas. So based on everything we know, I would say that Oklahoma right now effectively controls its own destiny to the Big 12 title game. Well, unfortunately, right after I got done with that point, I turned it over to Grant, and then my computer froze and everything went haywire. So we weren't able to get Grant's thoughts on that, and the show had to abruptly end, probably for the best, though, because my voice is kind of starting to go. So I'm not sure how much longer I could have lasted. Fortunately, I restarted my computer, and my program, my audio program, was able to save everything that we did. So you've obviously listened to the podcast. Uh, Everything that we said at the beginning was able to be salvaged, and now this is me trying to put a period at the end of this latest edition of West of Everest. So obviously we didn't get a chance to give our early Bedlam thoughts. We will go way more in depth on Bedlam, of course, on next week's show and um, whatever else is going on in the college football world. So I apologize for this uh, quicker, more abruptly ended version of West of Everest, but uh, it's the best we could do with the uh, technology letting us down for the first time in quite a while, first time in in a few seasons that uh, we've had some technological glitch with the download or uh, not necessarily download, but with the uh, recording part of the podcast. So uh, with that, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.